1: Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors took down the San Antonio Spurs by a score of 117-112. I'm not going to lie to you, I did not see this win coming. The Raptors um, had a very shorthanded, very unique roster for this game. So the Raptors only had one guard available for this game. One. And that was Malachi Flynn, who's a rookie. Uh, but he was the only point guard available. There were no shooting guards available. Some people said, "Well, maybe Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood's a small forward." But if you want to say Rodney Hood, fine. They had two guards available. Okay, Rodney Hood and Malachi Flint, and they had four centers. They had multiple small forwards. That's a small forward, and they, of course, they had, um, yeah. I mean, it was. The, the the lineup was looking to be quite challenging, and it seemed like, you know, the Raptors were tanking. You know, they had rested Kyle Lowry for a second consecutive game, even though they had rested him on the first half of the back-to-half. They rested him for the second half of the back-to-back. They rested Gary Trent Jr., despite the fact that he came in wearing very, very luxurious silk pajamas. Um, and, you know, like, <laughs> again, it just seemed like the Raptors were going to make a situation where they were going to be impossible to win. But Raptors found a way. And listen, I think part of the reason why I'm so relieved is, A, I, I got to cover this team, so I do prefer wins. It's way more interesting and people watch more. But also, I I think there's still things that are valuable in the rest of the season. And I do think that finding a way to win, in terms of like learning how to win, I think... Um, is important, and I do think for for this team, obviously they have won in the past and they're one of the highest levels. But like, I do think that like some of the simple core tenants uh, are are missing from from what they uh, needed to do this season, and that's part of why they've lost. I mean, part of it's personnel issues, and I think the Raptors upgrades at bigs are really really valuable here. I think look, the Raptors getting these bigs for the front office is like a nice test of like a. You got to look at some guys, right? Freddie Gillespie seems pretty good. Honestly, great interview, too, by the way. If you haven't seen it already, go watch his interview. Uh, he was very, very, um, very jovial, very charismatic guy. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, and Ken Birch, you know, of course, there's a nice little run here for him to showcase what he can do as a fit on this team and maybe get a contract here. But I think for the front office, is also, like, useful. It's prescriptive to see, like, this team, if they had, like, a. Like, you know, decent big man or even half decent big man. What can they do with this group? And I think you know we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see that soon with some of these guys coming back. Maybe, but in any case, I do think that winning is valuable. Which I don't even know why that even has to be said. It's it's not like tanking is the only thing that's valuable. I think winning is valuable too because like, I want to see this team just like not go out there and play the way they played against the Hawks, right? Not go out there and find ways to lose, as they've done so many times this season. Like, find ways to win. And I think that's a real skill that that really takes time to develop. And I think for the Raptors, you know, they played a really good team game today. They had odd circumstances. They had to start Ken Burch. Obviously, he hasn't even had a practice with the team yet. Um, He played alongside Chris Boucher, who was playing the four. Uh, OG was playing two. Malachi Flynn was starting, even though he wasn't getting any minutes at all at the start of the season. Like, it was odd. It was not the way you would draw it up, and Pascal played three. But the Raptors found a way to win. And I think that is very, very important. I think, um, you know, I, I challenge any Raptor fan to be watching this game and to say they didn't enjoy it. Maybe you can say they didn't enjoy the way the Raptors were <laughs> trying actively to to, to to squander, like, a 12-point lead with a minute left. Uh, You know, I think they could have closed the game a lot better. They they made life very difficult for themselves with, what, OG failing to get the ball past half-court as the Spurs put a full-court trap in. I think the Raptors were up eight at this point. Then Chris Boucher fouling Derek Wright on a three-point shooter. Which, by the way, White pump faked at first, and Boucher didn't, like, fall for the fake. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. He's just going to stay down. But then White went up for the shot anyway, and then Boucher put his hand up. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? But that was tough. Then Chris Boucher bringing the ball up half court and deciding, you know, I'm the point guard now and, and not passing it off to Pascal, not passing it off to Flynn, but instead trying to attack and he gets stripped. All this is in the last few minutes. It was unbelievable to watch. But I challenge other Raptor fans to so like outside of that last minute, like this. there's no way you didn't enjoy this game. And I think that this game was enjoyable because this is the way you would like to see the team play like all season. Um, and I know it's probably not going to make a difference now, but... You know, I want to know that it's it's within them. Like, I want to know that they're capable of putting some of these things together. And I think, you know, today, again, you know, look, if you're going to win in the regular season, you need to win under different circumstances, right? Like, it's not this first season the Raptors have dealt with injuries. Obviously, it's the first time the Raptors have played through a pandemic uh, where they weren't inside the bubble. So, like, they had that to deal with. And, of course, that's a huge factor in terms of what happened to the Raptors this season. But, um it's just learning how to play together and also sharing the ball. And I think, you know, there were real games this season where the Raptors didn't share the ball. Last game in particular, Nick Nurse called them out for it. And today, you know, it's you wouldn't necessarily know by the assist. The Raptors had 21 assists as a team, which doesn't sound that high, and it's not that high, but the Raptors moved the ball much more today. They, the teammates trusted each other a lot more today. And guys made good plays, and they played free, they played unselfish, they played brave, and, you know, even with the circumstances being difficult, again, with the Raptors usually playing two bigs, and guys playing out of position, guys made the most of it, and I thought the guy who did make the absolute most of this game was O.J. Anobi, who I called out after last night's game against the Hawks, I thought that was a really poor performance from him, both ways, and today, you see why I was frustrated, because yo, OG's a very good player, and you can see what happens today, when... You know, he gets to play the two-guard position, which is a unique situation for him, but he was legitimately, you know, if not the best player for the Raptors offensively, at least the second-best player, and I thought, honestly, there were times where he was making the reads a lot better than Pascal was, um, while also being hugely impactful defensively, because he was guarding DeMar DeRozan, who had, like, two made baskets in the first half. And I thought, you know, offensively, though, that was the bigger challenge for OG. We know OG can guard, and OG had a very, very clutch strip on mar late in the game, which I think sparked a fast break as well, uh, and again, it seemed to seal the win, although the Raptors then try to unseal that win, uh, but OG as a two-guard played really well, like, I thought, you know, so when you're, when you're this two-guard out there, you really do have to, like, create a lot, like, you have to really handle and sort of not just, like, get your own shot, but also, um, you know, create for other people, and I thought OG did a really good job with that today. Like I thought he used the euro step quite well, at least 2 or 3 times. He was able to use the euro step down the lane and was able to finish. Seemed like he really enjoyed going at Jakob Pertle. Seemed to show no fear at going at Yak and 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 Jakob had a pretty bad game today. I thought honestly he was getting outplayed by like Eubanks off the bench. Um but in any case the Spurs don't have a lot of size and so OG was able to get downhill and slash um you know he was able to he was knocking down threes he was hitting pull up threes when he was handling two, and the defense sort of went under he was hitting those uh he was getting to himself to the free throw line and even some very nice passes in tight quarters you know I remember one nice play where he worked the pick and roll with Ken Burch and dropped a really soft bounce pass in traffic to Ken Burch. I think this happened twice actually both times Burch finished the play um and and yeah you obviously you don't see o g run many pick and rolls and you especially don't see him. If he does run a pick and roll, it's usually for him to get an advantage to drive for for him to then dish it off. And in some some of these were not easy passes, like I mentioned, like a pass in traffic with like two defenders in close proximity and Birch rolling as well to drop that pass in a situation where Birch is the only one who can catch it. That's a nice pass. It's nice play. by OG man, and I thought OG played really well. I got defensively, he was great too. Like you know, much much better. You, you you know, against Bogdan Bogdanovich, impossible. Apparently, it's impossible to stop that guy, but. Against um, Demar Rosen, I, I thought OG did a really, really good job. I thought his length affected Demar. Um, Demar was also passing it really well as well, because that's what he does. And the Raptors did send plenty of help, because that's what they do. But I thought OG's length really did give Demar some issues. And I don't, I don't remember OG really fouling Demar all that much. If anything, Demar's free throws came against the Raptors' bigs. Whether it was like Kem Birch, for example, uh, bit on a pump fake or. Kim Birch again <laughs> on the DeMar's sweep-through move when he brings the ball low and then brings the ball up and catches Biggs uh, with the hand in the cookie jar. Like, you know, I thought OG did a really good job, and he played fantastic. But honestly, this is a game where a lot of people had to really bring their A game to win, and the Raptors had plenty of good performances tonight. Um, I thought, you know, Pascal did a really good job in his role for certain spurts. I think, first off, defensively, um, you know, there were some... Miscues. I think he gave up a couple of blow-bys and, and let a three-point shot uh, in once they're there. But, like, for the most part, you know, you rebound the ball really well. 11 rebounds. You know, Pascal's rebounding has really fallen off um, of late. And there's been games where he's had, like, zero rebounds. I think against the – in the Knicks game, he had zero rebounds. Like, you know, that's un, that's unbelievable. Like, he needs to have – he needs to be a factor on the glass. And today he was that, 11 rebounds. Um, and he, he did have, you know, six assists as well. But I think with Pascal, like, it it was really, like, I thought he started the game really positively, going downhill, getting, you know, attacking the Spurs. The Spurs have always been a matchup for Pascal where he should be able to do well against. I remember last season, um, he had, he set the Raptors record for, like, points in a quarter with, like, 25 against the Spurs in the first quarter. And whatever, he cooled off. But, like, you know, this is a matchup where the Spurs don't really have a power forward to throw at him. So, Pascal should be able to go at these guys. And he's not really that afraid of scoring on his good friend, Jakob Pertl. So, I thought Pascal had a really nice start, uh, he was getting to the basket, but then a kind of a iffy middle of the game, I would say, a lot of driving in, not recognizing where the hell was coming from, getting caught by surprise, driving into traffic, turning it over, complaining to the refs, I mean, there was one play that really got me, like, steaming mad, which was, you know, Pascal drove uh, into the defender, you know, and he got the shot up, but Drew Eubanks came over and blocked his shot off the basket, and I don't know if he was calling for a foul, if he was calling for goaltending, but... On the replay, you know, it was neither one. He just got he just got blocked because he didn't see where the help defender was coming from. And Pascal was complaining about it. And in the process of complaining, he turned his head to look at the ref. And he, like, bowled over Patty Mills, who was just standing there with the ball. And, it, you know, it, it, obviously it was a foul. And the Raptors were putting the Spurs into the bonus. And Patty Mills got two free throws just by standing there 90 feet from the, from the rim, from the Raptors' basket, just because Pascal was complaining. And that stuff was unacceptable, but... I thought Pascal really responded well. In the fourth quarter, I know a lot of people kind of get on Pascal for his fourth quarter performances. You know, and, and some, some of it's definitely <laughs> uh, warranted based on the results. But we saw today in the fourth quarter, I thought he was hugely pivotal in that fourth quarter where the Raptors, you know, it were in a tight game with the Spurs that were leading, but it was kind of close, like less than 10 points that lead the Raptors were holding. And Pascal with that bench group really, really um, solidified things. And they made a nice push in the fourth quarter there. Playing good team basketball, Pascal. I think setting up Paul Watson Jr. for three. I think setting up Utah for three. Uh, he got to the lane and, and and got himself a basket. Got himself to the free throw line. Had another really good shot that he just missed right at the basket. I thought Pascal really led that group really well, and and Pascal also um, made some plays late in the game as well. So you know it was it was a good effort from him. I would say. I mean, it's it's no uh, one not necessarily one of his best, but definitely was enough for this game. And. You know, I thought honestly the two big alignment worked pretty well. I thought, I mean, I mentioned last podcast, like, you know, I would like to see Birch uh, paired with either one of Pascal or Boucher, but, you know, not so much of Birch with Gillespie because the two guys kind of do similar things. Um, but today, Birch was really, really good in his role. And I think him and Boucher made a lot of sense together. And it kind of gave the rappers a lot of size to have. I mean, look at their starting front for it today. They had 6'10, Kem Birch. You had six ten Chris Boucher. You had six nine Pascal Siakam, and then you had OJ Anobi, who's six eight at a shooting guard, and then Flynn, who's like six one, right? Uh, and then you compare it to like what the what they were seeing on the other side. Like okay, so for the Spurs, Jakub Proto's a legit seven footer, but you know, kind of a, a light seven footer, I would say. Um, you know, Demar six six, uh, Keldon Johnson's like six four. He's starting at power forward for them. Then uh, you know D- Derek White, he's six four. DeJounte Murray, he's 6'4". Like, Raptors had size pretty much across the board. They had they had them beat in four different positions. And I thought, the, honestly, the front court worked really well. A, the, the rebounding was fantastic. Like, the Raptors had a season high in rebounding 54 rebounds today. Uh, you know, and, you know, at first it seemed like the Spurs were still hurting them on the boards. There were some long rebounds early in the game that the Raptors were missing. And I think Jakob Pertl was really active there. And that's something Jakob does really well is just, you know, uh, tip balls out and keep possessions alive. Um... But the Raptors really secured it from that point onwards. I thought, you know, Boucher did a really good job rebounding. I thought uh, Pascal did a really good job rebounding. Uh, Ken Birch was also really good as well. And, you know, those guys were quite solid. And I think, really, when you go big, there are challenges both offensively and defensively. And I think offensively, you know... Um, the solution was a lot more Boucher playing on the perimeter. You saw Boucher today 5-9 and nine from the field, but 2-6 of six from 3. So, obviously, that's two-thirds of his attempts coming from the three-point line. Like, there was a lot of Boucher had space the space to floor and even get a couple of shots on the dribble, which uh, he seems to... I mean, I noticed it in the Bulls game, but he seems to have this, like, weird driving pull-up jumper kind of thing. It's, like, leaning. It's, it's awkward, but it's, like, it goes in. And he made another one today. <laughs> so... You know, that was interesting to watch. But, you know, Kem Birch is at center, rolling down to the basket. was a real uh, tool for the Raptors today. Because, look, the Spurs are clearly not going to be guarding Kem Birch all that much. They're going to send extra guys to Pascal. And even the way OG was playing, they're going to send extra guys to OG. And Birch was able to roll to the basket and just finish repeatedly. Like, you know, I thought OG found him a couple of times for soft bounce passes. Flynn found him a couple of times. He's already shown chemistry with Pascal as well. And I think Birch, honestly... Doesn't look, I, I don't know why, I just remember him more stiff, but he didn't look that stiff. He looks very lively, he looks light on his feet, he looks, like, very athletic. And um, he seems to have a decent touch. I think maybe his post moves are a little unrefined, so if he has to catch it and then pivot and then go up for the shot, it's a little maybe a little bit different than if he just catches it on the move and goes up. But, like, um, yeah, he, he showcased a nice floater today. I think probably layups with either hand, you know... Was was really good, like, it honestly, like, and, and he's been very impressed with the last few games. Um, And even guys off the bench were doing well, man. Freddie Gillespie, I thought, you know, uh, I mean, look, 9 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 3 of 5 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. You know, he was in good position most of the time. You know, obviously, he's, uh, he's a big body, too, so he's going to take up a lot of space. And, you know, he, he's got huge hands. He's active on the rebounding front, and he got 5 offensive rebounds today. I love seeing that. Like I love the fact that the Raptors are big, and they're like, you know what, we're big, so we got to press our advantage. And Freddie Gillespie in that in that bench matchup against a guy like Drew Eubanks, honestly, played him even. And Eubanks is a pretty good player, I know. I mean, not pretty good player, he's a pretty productive player. But like, you know, I thought, uh, you know, Freddie did his you know did his job quite well as well. Matched him in the same way. And even though Freddie ended up on a poster when he got dunked on by Eubanks, um, Freddie made the first challenge against Demar Rosen and met Demar at the basket. And I've seen Demar. Dunk, absolutely dunk all over people in the past, man. I mean, listen, I, I, I don't have to tell any real Raptor fan this. I don't mean real fan, I don't have to tell any Raptor fan this. Like Demar obviously is a elite dunker. I've seen this man go up and crown Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, I've seen him. Uh, what's that? The dunk against Anthony Tolliver at, at the end of that that Pistons game. There's so many, right? Kyle Singler and all these other guys. But Demar is obviously like a poster dunker. Uh, and Freddie Gillespie met him right at the basket. Like Demar was thinking, oh man, I'm gonna put Chris Boucher on a poster, like that same situation he did last season. But this time, Freddie said no at the basket, and nobody boxed out Eubanks, and so Eubanks went up uh, for the dunk, and Gillespie still challenged, and he got he got dunked on. But I liked his hustle, I liked his energy. I mean, multiple possessions where Freddie's just able to. I think he had four offensive rebounds in the first half. I mean, he was good. I liked his I liked his presence. He seems to have some nice hands as well. Um, you know, Rodney Hood gave them. Actually, I don't know. I haven't really been that impressed by Rodney Hood of late. But I, I like what Paul Watson gave them. First half was a little bit invisible for him. Maybe uh, I think, obviously, him coming back from COVID um, struggled a little bit to the point where Stanley Johnson came in and took his minutes in the first half. But second half, Watson was much better, knocked down two threes, drove inside for a layup, um, and, and he played a part in that fourth quarter. But, you know, I thought the guy off the bench that was the best one was Utah Watanabe, who, I mean, 11 points, four rebounds, and assists a block. Uh, in 20 minutes, I, I really, really enjoyed his effort, and I liked the fact that Utah was like actively moving to get the ball to shoot the ball. Which I know it sounds real rudimentary, like yeah, who doesn't do that? Utah wasn't doing that. Utah was like, pat, like playing a hot potato with the ball. Like he was literally just, you know what? Oh, someone else is maybe open. Let me just swing the ball regardless. You know, I just don't want to, you know, take the shot. I don't want to take the shot. Like I'm tired of seeing that. Like Utah is a guy who has a capable offensive skill set. And, you know, we can see him attack. And today he did attack. You know, he came off screens uh, and and caught dribble handoffs and pulled up for three. I like that. You know, a lot of those situations the Raptors like to sort of cycle, cycle the ball. You know, dribble handoff. A guy cuts to receive the ball. Then he dribbles handoffs to the next guy. And then someone else cuts and whatever. Yuta called his own number twice. And he made both of them, which was great to see. But I also liked Yuta's energy. His defense was really, really really good. Um, You know, he had... What I would consider the the, the best um, defensive sequence of the game, where he uh, pressured um, what's his name, uh, Patty Mills, who honestly Patty Mills was torching the Raptors in the first half. My goodness, this guy literally—I checked into the game. I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, cool." So we just have uh, we just have Ozzie, Steph Curry coming out against the Raptors. That's cool. But in any case, Patty Mills was torching the Raptors, and so uh, Utah, you know, got switched on the Patty, pressured the ball. Got him to lose his handle, made Patty reset around his screen. Utah then chased him around that screen, pressured him. Patty pulled up, faked it. Utah disciplined, close out, didn't foul. Uh, then Mills ultimately had to fire because it was late shot clock, and Utah challenged that shot. Still, I think it might have been blocked or something. The loose ball came to Utah after the missed shot, and Utah fired the ball the length of the court for, I think, OG for a breakaway pl- a dunk. And it was like, you know, YouTube was making great plays out there. He was hustling his ass off. And just doing what he normally does. Listen, he could be a very good 3 and D player. or not, not even very good. He could be a good 3 and D player who's in the rotation if he just took his shots that he's capable of doing. And today, it was, we're only talking about 6 shots in 20 minutes. It's not even like he had an incredible usage or anything like that. But I like the shots that YouTube was going for. And he's been playing quite well of late. So... Happy with those guys. Even I'm even happy with Flynn, who, listen, you know, uh, didn't have the most efficient night shooting 4-15 from the field. But, I mean, he seems to have this weird little knack for, like, making tough shots. And, like, you know, in that, in that Cavs game when the Raptors, you know, destroyed the Cavs. Um, that wasn't necessarily, like, a tough game in any respect because they were up 30 at half and stuff. But there was that stretch in the, in the third quarter where the Cavs made a big push. And someone needs to stop the bleeding. The Cavs are really going to cut that thing at single digits. And it would have made it for a very, very awkward finish. And it was Malachi who made a ton of difficult shots in that stretch there. Some pull-up threes, some pull-up mid-range jumpers, a little floater. That got the Raptors back on on top, in control, and they were able to carry out that game. And then... um you know, in, in in the last game, the Raptors just played against the Hawks. It was Malik obviously making those four threes in the last two minutes. That was a nice stretch to see. And today, we saw Malik make some tough fourth quarter shots as well. You know, pull up three, which was really good. Um, you know, he got a tough two over Patty Mills. Mills was pressuring this guy. And honestly, Mills outplayed Flynn on the night. But Flynn had Mills on him. And it was maybe like, I don't know, man. That's probably like, he probably could have gotten a better shot, to be honest. But... Flynn just, like, rose up and took, like, a turnaround jumper on Patty and, and made that as well. That was tough. And this is all in the fourth quarter. Obviously, every possession matters. And then Flynn with uh, three free throws, three out of four free throws at the end during intentional fouling to, cl- to clinch the win for the Raptors. So, he's been nice. And, and, you know, of course, you know, you would like to see the shooting percentage a lot better. I think he got into the paint today but wasn't able to finish. Um, I think he left a layup, like short and whatever, to be honest, I think some of that might just be fatigue, like, I don't know how much he's played four games and five nights uh, with traveling, I know he did that in the bubble, which uh the G League bubble, that the Raptors were, 905 were playing, like, five games seven days, five games in six days, like that was tough, but at least there was no travel, like, you're literally just going f- from the ballroom to the hotel room and then back right, like, maybe in between you play some mini golf at, like, Disneyland or whatever but, like, you weren't doing much other than playing, and and, you know whatever, but this is Flynn's fourth game in five nights, he's played 30 or more minutes in all those games, um, you know, I'm sure some of that exhaustion is getting to him, but he made some clutch shots, and, and you know, um, it was just a good team effort, yeah, you know, I like the way the, the guys moved the ball together, moved the ball well, and really my only complaint was just how they closed the game, there were some very regrettable errors and things like that, but, they they pull through, and again after I say as I keep saying after every win, it's not like this one win's going to change everything. The Raptors are going to be fixed, although this, despite how terrible this season has been for Toronto, um, we are only one game back of the Chicago Bulls for uh, the tenth playing the, the the tenth seed, which is also the last playing seed. Which is freaking wild. Um, I know the Raptors don't hold the tie against the Bulls, so whatever. I, I don't even look. I don't care about the play tournament, man. If, you know, I'd rather they honestly you know fall lower in the standings, but it's very hard to tank in the East. Is what I'm trying to say. It's very hard. I mean, look, the Raptors are only one game ahead of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, so it's not like they're like running off with this thing. But like it, the, the ten seed is also just right there, and it's, it's it's unbelievable, man. And listen, if the Raptors get some guys back and. You know, it seems like Fred is, he, you know, he served his suspension today. So, um, uh, so he's going to, um, seems like he's going to be clear to return on Friday against Orlando. Uh, and, you know, Kyle, I mean, Kyle just got rested on both ends of the back-to-back. I, but I think he's fine, to be honest. Like, he should probably be, if he needed to play, he probably would play. Gary Trent, I, I don't, I didn't even see when he got hurt. So I, I doubt that that injury is very serious. Um, so he's probably going to go as well. Like, honestly, they're, they're not that far out from just being, like, relatively healthy, for at least for a moment. And we'll see what else happens. But, you know, I mean, you, you know, it's still kind of there for them. The East is garbage, man. The East is garbage is one of my takeaways. It's, it's just, you know, Rapids, <laughs> the Raptors probably want to tank. They have all the circumstances in their favor to tank. And yet, still might make that stupid play in tournament, so. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what the next game brings. I mean, listen, the Raptors could disappoint you against Orlando. Of course they can. They literally did it before they won a championship. But at the same time, they'll probably beat Orlando. And then at that point, you're really in a playoff race again. So I don't I don't really know. To be honest, what I what I care most is to see players develop winning habits, players play the right way. Look, I just don't want to see my time being wasted, quite honestly, right? Like, If the guys are going to come out and play like the way they played against the Hawks, where they were just like, you know, no passing, no nothing, no thought into it, not a lot of defense, guys just running around. Like, I don't want to see that. That's garbage. Like, it really is. Like, you know, I mean, I will because it's my job. But, like, it's bad basketball, and it's a waste of everyone's time to watch that. Today, much better. The Spurs played pretty well as well. And they they hit 17 of 40 from three, which I don't really think they're a high-volume shooting three-point shooting team. But they shot the three quite well. They got to the free-throw line. Um, you know, they, they played, they played a pretty good game and the Spurs are a decent team, but the Raptors, you know, even with, you know, just one guard on the roster came out with a win. And honestly, the offense didn't look half bad when they just moved the ball. And of course they had to hit some threes as well. And the Raptors did hit 14 to 30 from three. Uh, but turns out if you move the ball, (laughs) you know, you're going to get some good offense out of it. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the win. I'm happy with the result. In terms of your three stars, first start reading to O.J. and Obi, 22 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, seven of 14 from the field, four of seven from three, four of four from the free throw line in 34 minutes. Had to guard DeMar as well. Did a good job of that. And obviously we know DeMar is a very, very slippery uh, defensive assignment. But yeah, offensively, man, I mean go back and watch the highs of this one. OG made some really nice plays and a lot of it was off the dribble for himself. In fact, I've been making these uh play breakdown videos called the Raptor Shot Chart. You can search them on uh, YouTube. It's it's on my real uh uh YouTube uh account. It's it's under William Lou. In any case, um I've been making these Raptor shot charts, just sort of break down people's shots and sort of the way they attack on offense. I'm pretty sure I'm probably gonna do something on OG tonight. Um but in any case, OG was great. He was his first start tonight, and uh, he played really well. Both ends of the floor, much better than the Hawks game. And a Second star, I'm giving that to you know. I'm giving I'm gonna give it to Kem Burch. Listen, I, I think Pascal deserves a star in this game, but he's gotten tons of stars in this season. You know, I'm just gonna acknowledge that Pascal played a good game here. This is not hating on Pascal, but I'm gonna get the second star to Kem Burch. 14.6 rebounds and assists to steal two blocks. Six and nine shooting from the field, two two from the free throw line in 29 minutes for Kem. I I just, like, when I'm watching the game and I see Ken Birch make these plays, it's not, I know know my mind, like, rationally, I can process them and be like, okay, these are very solid plays, right? I'm happy with the performance. It was a good game. It was. But, like, these are just solid plays that you would see from your center most of the time. But to see that happen this season on the Raptors has been so rare. So to see Ken Birch play the right way, is hugely refreshing. When the ball gets thrown to him, he's going to catch that ball, and he's going to go up with the ball, and if it's a layup, or if it's even a little hook shot within five feet, he's going to make that shot. And it's like, holy, have I really missed that this season, because Raptors obviously haven't had a lot of competence at the center position. So, I like the way Kem played, man. I'm really happy with with him on the team. I I think, you know, obviously free agency is coming up, and he's unrestricted, but I I think the Raptors... you know, depending on the way the rest of the season goes. But, yeah, keep him, man. He he looks very solid. He looks very good. Uh, and then your third star, I'm going to give that to Yuta. Uh, uh, 11 points, 4 rebounds, and assists. Look, it's very boring if I just say Pascal again. Pascal had a good game. Star-worthy game. But... Utah, I thought, came in, gave them some really great energy off the bench. Looked for a three, uh, made some really good defensive plays as he usually does. I think he blocked Demar as well, or stripped Demar. I'm not totally sure. Made a stop against Demar, uh, and yeah, made some great plays, man. Even late in the game, you know, the Spurs threw some like in um, occasional zone defense at the Raptors, and uh, you know, the Raptors did struggle at times to sort of um, you know attack that zone. But one play that really stood out was Utah making a hard drive into the zone, getting into the paint, uh, drawing a second defender to him, kicking into the corner to Kem Birch. The Spurs rotated to Kem in the corner for some reason. I don't know, maybe just on instinct. Uh, and then Kem reversed the ball over to OG, and OG hit the three. No, Malika hit the three. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a great play. And, it, again, it's all started by Utah making a hard move in the zone. But I thought Utah played really well. And, uh, yeah, shout-out Yuta, man. He's uh he's coming on strong here at the end of the season. And in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that has to go to uh, Derek White. I know that Patty Mills had a really hot stretch in the first half, but he seemed like he cooled off in the second half. Patty played really well, don't get me wrong. But Derek White, I didn't know he could shoot like this, man. Six of 11 from three, making some tough shots. You know, drew a foul on Chris Boucher at the end to get three more free throws. So I really consider that, you know, seven threes practically and, Derek Roy was making some really nice plays and uh, 25 points for him. 6-11 from three, 5-7 from the uh, free throw line. Five assists as well. Pretty solid player, honestly. Spurs have a lot of solid players. so Um, That does it for the podcast. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already, go subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. I'm going to drop a link to the subscription uh, in the podcast description. But in any case, you can get uh, your takes into the mailbag. You can get three takeaways from every game. You get links to post game, you get links to highlights, you got links to the reaction video, which you're already listening to or watching, um, and a meme, which, you know, it's a nice little, nice little dessert at the end of a, a word salad, It was just usually what it is. Um, yeah, so, anyways, you know, subscribe to the newsletter. What else? Um, right Back comes out tomorrow. Watch that with me and Alice. We uh, fielded some hot takes and. You know, I tried to be pretty rational with them. Um, yeah, and then the last thing. I mean, there's a Spurs fan that comes to every YouTube video and, and comments, thank you for his Johnson. Didn't see a lot out of Kelvin Johnson today. I know Kelvin's nice. Like, he, he's a very solid player, and his his size is probably a little neutralized by the Raptors having so much size, but I don't know, man. There wasn't a lot of thank you for Kelvin Johnson in this video, but in any case, yeah, shout out to that one person. Again, I, I, I keep saying that yeah, that's it's great that you guys got Keldon jo- Keldon Johnson, man. We 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 got Kawhi and we won the championship. I, I don't think anyone's unhappy about losing out on Keldon Johnson. But in any case, that does for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. And the Raptors finally have a day off, and which means I finally have a day off. So I'm going to chill on Thursday. I encourage you to do the same. And we'll be back at it on Friday when the Raptors play the Orlando Magic. I know people love when the Raptors play the Magic. It's uh, it's gonna be so much fun. So I'll, I'll talk to you after that game.